0: To the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Welcome again to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I'm romapress.us editor John Solano. And it's only been a few days since the last episode, but I feel like uh, Roma are forcing my hand and making me do more of these podcasts just because there is so much happening in such a short amount of time, a lot we can get to today. I, I don't want to make this super long. There's not going to be a guest. I uh, just really wanted to get my thoughts and touch upon some of the things that have been happening recently. Obviously, we have the soon-to-be departure of uh, Nengolan. We have the soon-to-be arrival of Javier Pastore, which we discussed a little bit in the previous episode. We also have more transfer rumors, and this time it comes in the form of Swedish attacking midfielder slash winger Emil Forsberg of Leipzig, whose agent actually happens to be in Rome. I'm sure some of you saw it. What I had reported on the website today about his agent being in Rome, but not having that necessarily linked to a potential move to Roma in any way shape or form but just a interesting coincidence but nonetheless a lot to get to again as I said just because as the days have uh, crept on more information about the transfer of Nangolan has started to come out which really has been Quite a divisive talking point for a lot of journalists, for a lot of fans, for just a lot of casual football fans. So what has been leaking out through the media over the last few days is that Nangolan going to Inter for 24 million euros in cash, plus Davide Santon and uh, Nicolò Zaniolo who is a uh, highly rated youngster, attacking midfielder, who, frankly, regardless of what you say, unless you're an avid uh, primavera watcher, uh, there's not much really anybody knows about him. You know, anytime you're dealing with uh, youngsters such as this, it's really an unknown quantity as to what you're receiving. So, a lot of the sticks surrounding this uh, operation really has been the lack of cash involved in the operation only 24 million euros if you rewind roughly 365 days ago roma easily could have received 35 to 40 million euros for nangolan but we all know the story uh, from last summer nangolan remains roma he signs the big contract renewal and look where we are now it's it just goes to show you really uh, you know things in football can change in an absolute instant it's just astonishing because we would not have been having this debate two uh, not even 2 years ago make it less 18 months ago just because N'Golan was such an important player Ever since he arrived at Roma, really. So, for us to be at this point is a little curious, a little bewildering, a little interesting. It's just a very, very, very loaded talking point. With listen, I understand every single point of view when it comes to this Golan operation. I understand some of you who are very angry, who are upset. Who are frankly annoyed at Monchi for seemingly pushing Nangolan out of the club, which uh, I don't want to make this sound uh, over dramatic one way or the other, but that is essentially what is happening. Monchi is the one driving this car, he is the one who is uh, making Nangolan leave essentially. A lot is going to come out over the coming days as to why this is happening. Undoubtedly, Nainggolan will be the one to sort of break the news in that regard. Just because he's been talking a lot all summer, which is one of the reasons why the club are absolutely annoyed with him. With the breaking point coming almost a couple of weeks ago now where he labeled football as just a hobby for him. And saying how annoyed he is with the footballing world and that he cannot wait to leave the footballing world once his career is over. Now, many of you will see him labeling uh, football as a hobby. It's not a big deal. I understand that. I almost agree with that, you know, him calling football a hobby and it's it's not that big of a deal to me. It doesn't bother me. Now, some of you say, "Well, he's a professional footballer. There's no way you can call it a hobby. There's no way what you uh, you, you cannot call your job, your profession, your livelihood a hobby. Um, and I understand that as well. I, I understand every single point of view when it comes to this transfer, both good, bad, indifferent. You know, there's there's two very clear sides where we have the group who say, you know, on after just one poor season, there is absolutely no way Roma can get rid of him. There's no way Monchi can push him out the door. And he's a fool for doing so. Uh, listen, I agree with that to an extent. I don't think selling Nangolan is a smart or the right move. But I understand why they're doing it. And then you have the other side of the argument... You seem to have a very adamant group who are saying, you know what, golan is getting up there in years. He's getting older. The odds of him playing at a high level for the next three to five seasons are very low. This is probably the final summer where you're going to get a very, not a very big return, but a pretty good return on him relative to what you paid. Pull the trigger. Uh, start the revolution now for this roster, which let's be frank here, uh, Roma's roster is not very young. I mean, if you look at the uh, preferred starting 11, there are not many youngsters under the age of 25. I mean, especially in that midfield, that is an aging midfield, especially when you consider the physical health of Strootman. Um, you know he's he was healthy the entire year but he does not look like a guy in his mid to late 20s when he's on the pitch he can barely move I think we would all agree with that but getting back to the point at hand I understand all points of view when it comes to this debate regarding Nainggolan I understand why some would be annoyed I understand wholeheartedly why some would be pleased with this operation? I understand both points of view. In fact, I still don't even know which side of the fence I sit on. Um, I, I don't believe that selling him is the right answer. I think that this could have been solved, and I think it could have been solved amicably. But Monchi really seems to be adamant on him leaving the club, so he he's leaving. He's gone. So. Why, you know, the big question that I see is, you know, why are we selling him to a rival? Well, again, you cannot sell a player and force him to go to a club abroad that he has no interest in going to. Whether you want to believe it or not, but footballers hold the majority of the leverage when it comes to transfers. They just do. I I know many of you won't like that. I know many of you disagree with that, but it's just a fact. They do. Footballers hold the leverage. So even though there were no offers from abroad, Munchi can offer him to clubs. He can say, hey, make a bid on X player. That doesn't mean those clubs are going to bid on them. And it doesn't mean that Nangolan has any interest of joining them. So it's a moot point for us to be arguing about him going abroad. Yes, it is devastating when he goes to a direct rival, but our hands are tied. There is nothing Roma can do about that. So we have to move on. We absolutely have to move on. And moving on comes in the form of Javier Pastore. Now, we discussed him a little bit in the previous episode. We had on a guest who went pretty in-depth as to what he could potentially bring. Eric uh, Eric was very very knowledgeable and he provided some great insight. Now, where do I stand on it? Um I think Pastore really lost his way these last couple of seasons in France. However, I do think he could come good, and I do think he can add a dynamic that this midfield at Roma lacks. We need attacking outlets in the midfield at Roma. Uh, Derossi had a poor season. Strootman had a poor season. N'Angolan had a poor season. Gonalon had a poor season. You cannot have your entire midfield collectively having poor seasons. It just is not going to work out positively for you. Now, do I think Monchi should be uh, getting rid of arguably the best midfielder of the bunch? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But again, I understand why he's doing it. Now, he's brought in Choric, He's brought in Cristante. I think after this move with Nangolan on his way out, I think in, as far as the midfield goes, I think this is going to be the final move that we see now. Some of you will ask, well, what about Ziyech? I do think there is still a remote possibility of Ziyech coming. I have not been told that talks between the club and the player, well, the talks between the club and his agent have broken off. I I have a good sense about how uh, these talks are going on, and there has not been a definitive no, we're all set in the midfield, we don't want you to arrive now. The thing I like about Ziyech is while he is an attacking midfielder, I do think if he were to arrive, he would almost indefinitely play in the midfield three of the 4-3-3. He also has the ability to play on the wing. So if he were to arrive, which I do think there is still a chance he does, regardless of Pastore arriving, regardless of Cristante, Choric already having arrived, the possibility of Ziyech arriving is still there. So I wouldn't count anything out one way or the other. A quick break just to remind you about the best online fantasy football website out there. And that, of course, as you know, is Euro Fantasy League. I've been endorsing them for a couple of months now, and I can't reiterate enough. Whether it's the Premier League, La Liga, Serie A, if you want to challenge the very best online fantasy football managers out there, you have to check out EuroFantasyLeague.com. And also, make sure you check out their new World Cup game at fantasy-worldcup.com. Now, back to the podcast. So we've touched upon Nainggolan. We've touched on Pastore. Now, very briefly, I just wanted to discuss Leipzig uh, attacking midfielder slash winger, Emir Forsberg. So, he is definitely one that Roma have their eye on. A couple of different outlets reported yesterday that... Should a name in the attack leave the Jaladalsi this summer, that the Swede would be a name that they would look to bring in as a potential replacement. Now, the one thing about him is that he is coming off an extremely poor season. An extremely poor season. I believe in 30, 35 appearances, he had maybe 5 goals, 4 assists. Whereas the previous season... In the league alone, I believe he had 7 or 8 goals and over 20 assists, which is just a sensational mark. Now, if there was ever a time to buy him, it's buy when the stock is low, and his stock is pretty low right now. Uh, He had a ton of interest from several clubs last summer. Now, that interest seems to have waned a little bit because of the poor term that he had um, this past season. So, what do I think of him? Well, for starters... I love his versatility. Now, Di Francesco, as we all know, doesn't necessarily deploy a number 10. However, he can play on the left. And I do think that Di Francesco is going to uh, I, I do think that he's going to utilize a couple of different formations. We saw towards the end of this past season. We saw him go with three at the back. We've seen him use a four-three three, obviously. We've seen him use a four, two, three, one. I think his lack of tactical adaptation is one of the things that killed Roma during that stretch where they weren't able to score a whole lot of goals from November to February. Um, I'm sure that's one of the regrets Di Francesco has, and we've seen them already bring in players who have that flexibility. Look at Pastore, look at Cristante, look at Choric. All three of them. They can play in a midfield three. They can play as a 10. They can play in those attacking midfield roles. I think... That is clearly what Francesco is going for this summer. and fordesberg, he he fits that to a t. He can I, I don't know how well he would really adapt to a three. I don't even think that's an option. He would clearly be playing on the wing like he is with na- right now with Sweden in the World Cup. Should Francesco ever go to a four, two, three one, he's an option to play behind Jeo. I love his versatility. Now, He's not very pacey at all. However, I don't think that's what the Roma need in their attack. Pace is not the thing that this attack is missing. The thing that this attack is missing that I say constantly, podcast after podcast, is that the midfield to the attack was entirely disjointed. They did not have an attacking threat from the midfield. None. None whatsoever. They had nobody who would make those inside runs. From the attack, they would had they had nobody on the left who could create any sort of goal scoring opportunities. None. Pedalti was terrible. El Shadawi was extremely inconsistent. Now he, to be fair to him, very strong in the early stages of the season. We all remember how sensational he was against Chelsea. But Roma needs something on the left side of the attack. Now they brought in Clivert. That was just made official today. I do think that he's going to be a guy that needs some time. Now, uh, Fortisberg would really only be brought in in the event that either El Shadawi or Pedalti were to leave, which I do think there is a possibility that one of them would leave. If I had to guess, I would say Pedalti, just because I think Difranchesco loves El Shadawi much more than Pedalti. As far as goal scoring goes, I think there's no doubting that El Shadawi offers more than Pedalti. But, you know, Pedalti has that technical ability and I can understand uh, perhaps both of them remaining. Who knows? But I do think that the Swede would be a really, really good transfer market opportunity because I think he brings a dynamic that uh, this attack currently lacks. Listen, uh, Pedalti had a terrible season this past season. Between injuries, his lack of form, he was horrible. If there was ever a time for him to go, it would be this summer. Now, El Shadawi... We all know how he is. There's games where he looks like he can be world-class, and then the next game against Crotone, he goes completely, completely invisible, which is the most frustrating part. He goes from world-class to absolutely anonymous uh, within the span of 7 to 10 10 days. It's very, very frustrating. So I understand why that's an area as to why Mochi is looking to improve. Now, the agent of the Swede is in Rome. He is in Rome, as I reported on the website, because another one of his clients is moving from Spain to Lazio. Now, I don't know if during his time here, his agent won't meet with the club. Now, his agent has been in Rome for the last three days, finalizing the move of his other client from uh, uh, Batiste to Lazio. Now, again, I don't know if in that time there was any contact between the club and the player's agent. Now, Monchi is still in Rome at the minute. He is not abroad. He is in Italy at the moment. So, I don't know if anything is going to happen between the sides. I don't know if there's going to be an intermediary involved. I don't know. We're trying to set up an interview with his agent so far. He hasn't responded to any of our calls or texts. We're gonna keep trying. However, it is just very curious. The rumors come out that uh, Roma are interested in the player, and lo and behold, his agent just happens to be in Rome at the same time. So there's certainly an opportunity there for the sides to make contact. We just got to see how it happens. So beyond that, that's where we are right now with the transfer market. I'm sure there is going to be some movement this weekend. It's a Friday. Well, now it's now it's Saturday, uh, Italian time. I'm sure there's going to be some more updates and some more movement. I just wanted to put this very brief uh, podcast out there with an update as to where we are right now. Quite a bit happened today as well. Uh, Skorupski officially sold to Bologna. Uh, Antonio Mediante, he arrives from Bologna. Uh, Roma make the plus valenza on the Polish goalkeeper, who, frankly, I, I think it's a fantastic move for him. I think he'll do great at Bologna. I'm frankly a little surprised that Munchie did not get more for him. For me, 9 million euros is far too low because I think if you sold him last summer, you could have easily, easily, uh, no questions in my mind, could have gotten uh, 15, million, 15 million euros. So uh, a little disappointing, but uh, that all 9 million euros are plus Valenza. So that will help the books of the club, Clivert, as I touched upon a little bit uh, a little bit ago made official, a player I'm very excited about. I think he can grow. I think he, he can be an extremely important player, but he's going to need time. I would not be shocked if Di Francesco took a very similar approach to him as they did with Under. but we will have to see. Who knows? Uh, you know, if he performs well in the preseason, he may be starting. We just don't know. So, That's where we are right now. Should anything else happen major over the weekend, I will undoubtedly put out another episode. But that's where we are right now. So we're going to wrap this up. And until next time, ciao.